This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Now that we have a mental image in our mind of what paladins are, how they're a little bit different from um, the the sister class, if you will, of clerics, mm-hmm. let's go into um, creating a paladin, a level one paladin, what they're going to look like, the build you're going to get, why you're going to get some of that that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the suggested build starts off with um, strength and charisma. And then yes. I went and like, flipped through the pages because I was like, charisma, that's, I mean that usually it's a wisdom that's a casting thing so why are they saying charisma but charisma is their casting like their casting source right um which i found interesting it makes sense but i was like bards aren't bards the only other one that use charisma for their casting sorcerers and warlocks really sorcerers and warlocks do interesting okay yeah and so to to, as a a nice kind of little like transition from the previous topic is this is another way that they're different mechanically but it also hits to like the ethos of of like the belief systems because whenever you have charisma as a stat especially when it comes to spell casting charisma is all about how do i exert my will my personality and, and the things that i want onto the world and so socially charisma makes sense for like you know uh persuasion intimidation all those kinds of things because it's how you do that through a social construct with spell casting is literally like almost like belief or just your force of will changing reality because of just of who you are and so with the innate spell casting that comes from sorcerers um and then also the performance kind of casting of bards but also here as well with the paladins it makes a little bit more sense because it's about the code it's about seeing the change in the world not because you're abdicating that change to some god but rather because you believe by following this code of conduct this this code of an ideal is how you change the world and since a lot of their spells are smitey smitey and pokey pokey that's makes a lot of sense and so that's why it's charisma as opposed to say something like wisdom for the druid or the um gotcha or the cleric yeah yeah so i i mean i agree with both of those i sometimes in these builds i was like that seems odd i might build that a little bit differently but because of what what paladins do i think that that's a great suggestion is your your first stat dump into strength so that you can you know mm-hmm. wield the heavy weapons and and punch yeah. a little bit harder and then the second one obviously you need to be able to cast and so having a good score to be able to cast your your spells with is important right um and uh, it also plays into like you know uh dc uh or like saving throws and things for some of the spells they cast and stuff too but yeah so that's why it's those things so as martial characters primarily or you know mixed in uh they get the second best uh hip hit dice in the game a d10 um and of course adding constitution modifier to that which is a great third level kind of a stat to invest in is constitution mm-hmm. for any martial class is going to be a front line um but they get proficiency in all armor all and shields uh all armor all, yeah. armor. <laughs> all armor yeah and all the shields all one of them um yes. and then also 
<laughs> it still bugs me. Um, all simple weapons and martial weapons. Um, and then there's no tools. Uh, they're kind of, you know, very, you know, tunnel vision. That makes sense to me. And then saving throws, wisdom and charisma, which again, that makes sense. And then uh, their skills, you can choose from athletics, insight, intimidation, medicine, persuasion, and religion. I think all of those like really help, you know, fill in the cracks of what they're about. All that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then starting equipment, a martial weapon and a shield or two martial weapons, you could dual wield. Uh, five javelins uh, or any simple melee weapon like a hand axe, which is a great choice as well. Mm, um, yeah. And then a priest pack or an explorer pack. Um, either way. Priest pack. That's a new one mm -hmm. on me. Haven't looked into that one. What, yeah, does that so have like holy water and stuff in it? Um, yeah, it's going to have a, like incense, a prayer book, that kind of stuff. Um, here, I will actually look it up and just read it to us. Um, uh, here we go. Because... Um, that's the things like people hardly ever go and look to see what's in these packs. Um, but uh, yeah, here we go. Well, I feel like most of them don't always have stuff that feels like it would be relevant to helping you in a D&D &D game the way the Explorers pack would. Because rope, rope is a necessity. And a lot of these other ones maybe don't have rope. <laughs> so like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a, um, a priest pack inside is going to have uh, a backpack a blanket 10 candles a tinder box an alms box so you know taking donations for the poor two blocks of incense a censer so that's you know where you burn the incense and swing it around uh vestments okay you let it oscillate back and forth as you bless a space. No, I'm I, aware, but I'm just, I'm picturing the size of all of these objects and the mm. size of this pack to carry all of this stuff around, especially when that alms box gets full of money. You're just, you're going to be so noisy. You're just like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, they are not good at sneaking up. They are much more likely to follow the code of their order <laughs> and announce themselves very clearly and why they are there and why you have to die. While the rogue is like, dude, I was sneaking here. Uh, and then two days of rations and a water skin. Um, so that's what's in the priest pack. Um, but uh, it just depends. Like, you know, if, if your, your uh, paladin is part of a, uh, a holy order that would also include clerics, then maybe that makes more sense. But maybe if you're just more on, I'm out here to achieve my goals and I'm going to go to the worst places on the planet and, you know, get rid of corruption, then explorer's pack makes a lot more sense. So let's take a, a tiny little segue. Have you ever had somebody like successfully or usefully employ some of these other packs or items from these packs in your games? Um, they don't come up a whole lot. And typically someone goes like, well, if I had rope, do I have rope? And I'm like, yeah, you have rope. Don't worry about it. Like, I'll, like, cause so many of these packs come with rope, like the Explorers pack, the other option comes with 50 feet of rope. Um, and I've seen actually, um, people like use like the the pythons to like like uh, that come in a lot of these packs to like keep a door closed or keep a door open which is really great um i've seen people use like you know ball bearings and other things kind of to good effect or the water skin to like spray water on a fire elemental which does do damage to it um but for the most part it's just kind of like a slurry of like common things that an adventurer would have on them so don't worry about it too hard I've seen one person on TikTok, I think it was Bardic Sweet, who said that he, what he does it is that he gives them their pack and it has like five charges. And every time they go, oh, well, I, I want this thing from my pack, 
Now they've spent a charge and now that is a canonical thing that is in your pack. Mm-hmm. And so if they, you know, say, well, I need rope, boom, that's a charge. Now you have rope used charge from the thing. If I need pythons or I need holy water or I not holy water, but probably like incense or something, then that's the things that now are true about your pack. And once you've made five decisions about your pack, those are the things that are in your pack. And I kind of like that because that ends up feeling much more like what happens in, in the games that I run and I play in. But yeah, these are one of those little like detail things that for the most part don't really matter. Yeah. I feel like you'd have to be a little bit of a MacGyver to yeah. like figure out a way to make, I mean, which it sounds cool if you it have does. the brain for it, but to figure out how to make some of these objects practical for everyday encounters and adventuring mm-hmm. that you might experience in a normal campaign. It's like yeah. you might have to get really creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they also get chain mail and a holy symbol, which is good because the holy symbol is an arcane, is a, uh, a spell casting focus uh, and also lets them use like the cleric later on their channel divinities which lets them do spell like effects that aren't spells themselves and don't use slots but does require a holy symbol so the holy symbol can be anything right it could be like a pendant Mm -hmm. on a necklace it could be a brooch right people can just use their creativity to decide what their holy symbol is or looks like Mm -hmm. or how they carry it with them yeah, exactly. And I've seen people uh, really commonly put it like on their shield or uh, emblazon it on their uh, armor itself. Um, you know, you think like, you know, Uther Pendragon having the, the dragon symbol there. Um, sometimes a holy symbol uh, for the god is a picture of a particular weapon. And so their weapon itself is the holy symbol, which is kind of fun, oh, like, a, like a mace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of other things. But typically it's seen as like being an amulet of some kind that you wear around your neck. Now, with holy symbols, are they required in order to access the magic for paladins? Because I know that sometimes with other classes, if you lose your holy symbol, you could be in a little bit of trouble. But paladins don't channel their magic the same way. So is it more just for flavor or is it something that if they lose it somehow that they're going to be in a little bit of a a Um, bind? Potentially, yes, because this gets into spell descriptions where it has what you need to have to cast a spell. So verbal, semantic, um, and then there's material. And so if you're not keeping track of like, you know, the pinch of bat guano and sulfur, you need to cast fireball a spell casting focus, which in the case of the cleric and the paladin could be a holy symbol. You don't have to worry about that as long as there's not a monetary cost or or a consumable cost in there. Um, The other thing is, like I said before, is if you're going to use a channel divinity, you must have your holy symbol. So if you lose your holy symbol, there's some material spell component things might be locked out to you or your channel divinities might be locked out to you, but otherwise you could still cast. Thanks so much for joining us this week on The Compendium, where we are talking about all things D&D, helping you spend less time learning and more time actually playing. This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only confidence coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their D&D characters are at the game table. If you're intrigued, click the link in our show notes to take a free online quiz that will stat you as a level one D&D character in real life. New episodes of the Compendium do come out twice a week, so make sure you subscribe so you're the first to be notified every time new content is published. 
The Compendium also has a Patreon, so if you like what we do, please consider contributing to our Patreon account for as little as $2 a month, and in doing so, get yourself early access to all of the episodes. Thanks so much for listening in, and we will see you guys next time.